0: Hello again, friends, and welcome to episode 20 of Jen and Matt Talk About the Bible. We are thrilled to have you here today with us, and uh, we're going to be looking at Exodus 20, and the lectionary readings are verses 1 through 4 and 7 through 20. Uh, So essentially, this is the section of the Ten Commandments, and God talking with Moses.
1: Mm -hmm. I think, too, we want to... Remember that we've been talking a little bit about formation, mm-hmm. about how God forms God's people, and uh, and this I think is like a foundational text for that. Uh, a few weeks ago, we were looking at the the manna in the wilderness, and God institutes sort of some things around the Sabbath, and right. then that's one of the Ten Commandments as well, is around the Sabbath, um, and we're not actually going to go through like. We're not going to go through all the Ten Commandments and, and talk about all of them. That would like take way too long. Like we could do a ten-part series, obviously, on on this. Yes. But what we're interested in doing is kind of looking at how the Ten Commandments are framed, and then what that might tell us about how God forms His people, and then also sends them into sends us mm-hmm. into the world and in serving others. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the commandments, right, like are um, God-oriented, like our relationship with God, yeah. and then other-oriented, our relationship in community or our relationship with with others. Right. Um, and I think people generally know that. Uh, what I like is at the beginning. So we're going to talk about the beginning of uh, chapter twenty, and then we're going to talk about sort of around um, around the last few verses, mm-hmm. like verse twenty, and also we'll go into like twenty-one as well, just after our. Basic reading. So at the beginning, uh, God doesn't start right off the hop with a commandment, right? Right? God says, I am the Lord your God, uh, or it's it's Lord Yahweh. It's Yahweh. Um, I am
0: Yahweh your God. Yeah.
1: Who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me.
0: Mm-hmm. So I just want to pause there because that right in of itself, I think, is just this reminder of like the reorientation of what God has done for God's people.
1: Right. That's right. all I wanted to say. Right, right. So <laughs> yeah, you've come out of slavery and that is actually not going to be your reality anymore. Amen. And the people are having to relearn mm. what that means. Mm-hmm. And so like when we read the 10 of commandments, we might think some of these are really basic, like don't commit murder, don't steal. But there's also some things in here that we we are really still not good at coveting.
0: At all. Coveting. <laughs> all of the things.
1: Yeah um, is a, is a big one. A Sabbath is a big one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's easy as well for us to gloss over the opening framework of this. So who is God forming it as his people? Uh, you shall have no other gods before me is a thing that we might gloss over and think, yeah, okay. Right. Um, and then Something that gets lumped in with that commandment is the one about you shall not make for yourself an idol, whether it's in the form of anything in heaven or on earth or anything in the water. Um, you shall not bow down to them or worship them and, and so on. Right. So no idols, no God before God. And uh, we might just say, well, we're dealt like that's dealt with. Not, not a big deal.
0: We, we, we probably do say that.
1: What do you want to say?
0: I don't know that that's at <laughs> all accurate. <laughs> okay. Um, we just, I mean, like, there's just so often where we idolize things or we worship them. Like, my God, I'm holding a cup of coffee. Like, I think I idolize coffee. Not idolize coffee, but I, I worship coffee. Like, it gets <laughs> me going, and I love Starbucks, and, you know, like, there's, there's these small little things that I think it can be a terribly slippery slope, kind of like there's little subtle things that we do throughout life and we don't think anything of them because they're so minuscule. Um,
1: we, we're often putting things before God. Yes. Right.
0: That's what I was trying to say.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Not not necessarily coffee, but, um, but I would say like the biggest thing is we're putting ourself before God. Mm -hmm. Um, that's good. And, uh, and that's a big, big problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, and <laughs> again, I think last week we talked about Jesus is the perfect image of God and human beings are created in the image of God. Right. And here, uh, another, another word that can be used here is actually make no, I think it's in the King James, do not make any graven images. Right. Like do not create an image of God. Right. Out of anything. And so one of the ideas or theories behind this is actually um, we don't we actually don't need to like this. It might not Mm -hmm. just be about like worshipping and bowing down. It might also be about how God has already created a whole bunch of images of God.
0: Called humans. Right. So human (laughs) beings. Yes.
1: And so you don't need to make. An image of God to relate to God.
0: Oh. Look at the face of your sister or brother. Right. The ones that you were in community with.
1: Right. And so now the danger. So it's like this beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's also really dangerous. Because mm. if you if you say, Oh yeah, human beings are made in the image of God. So look at me, right? Like you can yep. put yourself in the center again. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge problem. And you can see that all over the place. Mm -hmm. And it's right from the very beginning of the Bible as well, right? Like (laughs) that's exactly what happens in the Genesis stories that start is that people, individuals are putting themselves at the center of the story instead of God being the center of the story and then others being the center of the story. So I would argue to say, well, the way we should use the image of God idea is exactly how you just did it. Rather than saying, Oh, I'm in the image of God, so I'm so great, it's actually seeing someone else as made in the image of God. We might also need that for ourselves, to claim that for ourselves.
0: I think that there's an opportunity for a lot of healing to come for that if we're willing to actually sit with that and and allow for ourselves right. to feel that kind of a love that is that we right. are created in.
1: Right. But, I think like there's a lot of stuff right now about like self love.
0: Well, yeah. There there is
1: and I mean like this is a and I feel like that's good and bad.
0: I agree. I agree because I think it's I think it's a good thing for us to engage with, but it can again get to this point of centering and just hyping ourselves up or missing opportunities to to move beyond ourselves. Like I think like Sabbath is part of the Ten Commandments for a purpose, so that we are able to be refueled to go out and do the things and to love one another. Um, And I think, like, when we participate in activities for self-care or self-love, that, like, there's a healthy version of that. And then there's also, like, again, a consumptive, well, I'm not doing anything else because I'm busy doing this. Like, some people really engage in, like...
1: Right. Well, I think, like, coveting is actually a good example of that. Because... Yeah, yeah. Because actually, I feel like coveting is almost like self-loathing more than it is self-love. But it, but mm. I think it gets twisted as like self-love. Like you see what someone else has and you're like, I'm going to go after that for my, for me because I deserve it. Right. And it's almost like actually what's behind that might actually be like a lot of...
0: I'm not good enough. I'm
1: not good enough. So I need to build myself up and I'm going to... Oh, grab that from somewhere to because I see what someone else has and I feel terrible about myself. So I'm gonna tell myself this story about how great I am. Yeah. But actually God is already saying, Look, you're made in my image, I mm-hmm. love you, you're my child. Like that's what we need to claim, and it's actually not connected to what someone else has. No. So I think lots of that self love talk in the culture today is mm. actually because there's an epidemic of people feeling horrible about themselves, right? Yeah. Like and so they need something mm-hmm. to help them try to overcome that. So some of it might be helpful and healthy to get them there. But in the end, I feel like some of that language is actually just feeding into this idea of, you need to keep saying, I deserve this, because you actually that's just thats just reinforcing the idea that you you have a feeling that you don't deserve it.
0: Like, mm-hmm. It's like. It, it's twisted. The yeah. world is twisted, yeah, yeah. for sure. I really, I really appreciate that. I hadn't really thought about. I'm not exactly
1: sure how we got there. From I don't.
0: The I don't either. Those. But I like it. I, I appreciate <laughs> it, and I think. Shall it's, not
1: make for yourself an idol, especially. Do not make yourself into one.
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, definitely like, don't do that. Do bad. not make
1: yourself into. Mm-hmm.
0: But I do want, like, don't don't mishear us, because it is important to do self care, and I think that. Oh, I'm yeah, hearing yeah. tons and tons of time from numerous different people. I'm paying attention to and listening to in media right now, social media specifically. Um, different platforms where it's important to rest because it's exhausting as we engage with the justice movements happening and figuring out how do I be anti-racist in my my household, in my family, how do I raise my kids to be anti-racist, how do I engage with conversations with family, that's exhausting and and it feels sometimes like you, it's this constant pursuit and you can get so worn down that like, no, you need to pause because this is a, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon of, right. of things. So I think self, uh, some self-care is important, but I think to do that in the context of the commandments of Sabbath is, is a great way of doing it. And now, I think
1: also what you're just yeah. saying about this exhausting, um, the original context of this i brought you out of the house of slavery mm-hmm. the house of slavery was a place so yes there's the enslavement right which is obviously horrible and wrong but it's also the life that existed in that system was you you work seven days a week as as much as possible at your master's command right and God specifically gives them a the Sabbath commandment to, like, get them out of that. Like, that's the reformation of his people.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I feel like we, like, we still need that mm-hmm. um, to have that reminder of, like, oh, no, it isn't all just go, go, go. <laughs> and even in God's work, it mm-hmm. almost maybe especially in, or justice work, but it, even in, like, just dealing with pandemics and like the feelings of like trying to manage like work and social distancing and seeing family and getting kids to school and all those things, uh-huh. that is not like that is not what life really is. Like we have to struggle through a whole bunch of stuff. Sure. But yeah, we need this, we need that reminder of we like do. this. There's a different pattern of living that mm-hmm. God has in mind for us. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, some of these might seem really obvious, but we don't like—we don't always live them.
0: I honestly have never properly taken a Sabbath, where I've prepared everything the day before. You know what I mean? Like as it is instructed, I've—I've—I don't really believe I've ever. And we're kind of focusing
1: on a couple of them, saying yeah, the two. I would say the two big ones for today are are coveting and and Sabbath. I concur. Huge, huge Mm -hmm. deals. Um, So that's kind of the beginning. Like Mm -hmm. some of that around the image stuff is sort of the beginning of what does it mean. I love the idea that, no, nah, don't make any images because you can just look around and, yeah. and see them. And and you can actually learn about God by in, in, engaging and encountering community, encountering people. That's cool. Right?
0: That's, yes. So
1: you're not going to learn anything from God by building a little statue <laughs> and then like, relating to it. Like, God has a different way.
0: <laughs> I love that. For us. The only one thing I want to say last about the Sabbath is I really love in verse 10 um, that God says... Not only you shall not do any work and your household, but like your slave, your livestock, and the alien resident, that there is this orientation yeah, yeah. to community, that community life is to have a pause and a break. And that is yeah. not what our society creates.
1: Yeah, and like we have to notice as well that there's no abolition of slavery in no. the in the Hebrew Bible, sadly. But what
0: uh, but there is still but
1: what is there
0: Sabbath.
1: Yeah. yeah so instead cool. of you will create a society where you can basically become like the Egyptian society where you have power and control, and you get a day off now. And you and and now your slaves that you get, they can just you can just work them to the bones so that you can have a day off. That doesn't exist. Like that's not God's vision, right? Hmm. He isn't saying this is just for you. Mm-hmm. He's saying this is for everybody yeah. and anyone who is under your care. Mm. Um, so I actually knew somebody who really tried to take this so seriously that one of the things that he tried to do was uh, when we think of like taking a Sabbath in the modern society, it might be like, well, what are we going to, what are we going to do? Like, uh, what do we want to do together for fun or for sure. relaxation? But often those things, um, things that we might do might cost money. So we were like, oh, let's go to a movie. Um, let's go to. And so what he tried to do is say, I'm not going to do anything that will cause co- that contributes to someone else working.
0: That's interesting. So it's like we
1: can't go out for dinner. Yeah. We can't go to anything that costs money that because that's imp- that's making somebody work. Huh. And so it's like you obviously can't break an entire system <laughs> yeah. change an entire system by doing that. But it's interesting to say I'm not gonna participate yeah. in that system of work that's set up in our society by hmm. doing that. So it, it But it makes you
0: it. wonder like what would community, a community look like if it really oriented their way of being together like that. It'd well, and, and there are those communities that stay around, right? That's true. So
1: there's, there's lots of uh, Jewish folks who follow that, and there's lots of Christian folks who follow that who are mm-hmm. living in their own mm-hmm. uh, societies. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a lot harder to work that out if you're living kind of in the world, <sighs> yes. but not of the world. Yeah, um, it's, it's tricky. Interesting. Uh, but I, I want to talk about the end too. Yes, definitely. Um, Because once the Ten Commandments are all given, um, with the Covet Commandment being the last one that's given, um, we get, when all the people witness the thunder and lightning, the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking. uh, so, So God is giving the commandments to Moses, and the people's experience of him speaking, God speaking the commandments to Moses, their experience is they're at the bottom of the mountain, and they're seeing thunder and lightning and the sound of trumpets and the mountain smoking <laughs> Moses hears the 10 commandments right the people hear that um and it says and they were afraid and trembled and stood at a distance which makes sense yes that's what I would do
0: <laughs> is it gonna fall over <laughs>
1: and they said to Moses you speak to us and we will listen but do not let God speak to us or we will die that's interesting it is Um, But it's actually what we want to look at is what does Moses say back to the people. So he says to them, do not be afraid for God has come only to test you and put the fear of him upon you so that you do not sin. And then the people stood at a distance while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was.
0: (laughs) So good. Yeah. (laughs) What an interesting thing for Moses to say. Yeah. Don't be afraid. God just came to put fear on you.
1: (laughs) Right. Like, what, Uh, what? Moses? Huh? Don't be afraid. God has only come to put the fear of him upon you. Um, But so so that you do not sin. Yeah.
0: And I mean, like, I don't know what is the root, like, how many different types of fear is there? Is there, is that like a
1: yeah I mean it's it's okay I think we talked about this before mm-hmm. the last was that last time some um, fear and trembling about fear and we might easily just say oh this is like about awe right yes and no like I think that's a nice easy way to kind of dispel like the Bible talks about fearing God a lot mm-hmm. um, and it's a nice easy way to say well that's really about like awe and wonder at God but I also think it is it is actually fear. (laughs) I think it's like, if we were actually confronted by God, like I understand the fear. The fear that I understand in this is actually not the one I thought it would. Um, The one I understand is they are having an experience of God that is actually terrifying. Like there's a mountain surrounded in smoke and they're hearing trumpets and and thunder. Like I like a good thunderstorm, but I know people who are scared of it. But if I saw this one, I'd probably be scared. Yes. So I actually understand that. Or when like, I always think of the Christmas story. The shepherds see the angels and they're trembling with fear. And the angels say, fear not. Right. Well, yeah, like they're seeing an angel. That'd be scary. Yeah. So when we experience God, it is a bit, it's scary. Like, it's like, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. Like, this is out of the ordinary. This is well, unusual.
0: And I think it's that power thing too of like, there's the power of God is right. the ultimate power.
1: The fear that I don't understand or I have harder like I have more trouble with is when Moses says, "God has come only to test you and to put the fear of Him upon you, so that you do not sin." Mm. I have trouble with that. Like what? I don't know. What do you think about that? Or are you, you're just good with that? You're fine.
0: <laughs> well, the funny thing is, like my guttural response is—I is I would think—is probably a human response, or maybe it's just me. Like I'll let you know <laughs> the fear. Having the fear so you do not sin, I have a tendency to be like, mm, authority being placed over me. Like, I tend to buck against that. And yeah. even if I might still obey, I kind of do it begrudgingly on the inside sometimes. And so, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know what to do with that. Um, that well, let's said, talk, like, about, if I actually let's talk witness about the this. do not
1: sin part. Yeah. like what is that actually what it, how how would we understand that like i think traditionally normally that would just be like hey god's given like these commandments there's yeah. a whole bunch more that are coming right so a lot more if you break one yeah there's punishment like i think it's i think we we see do not sin as right and wrong right like mm-hmm. but
0: Well, there's also... But that's
1: not the only way to see sin.
0: No, no. Because, like, I I think, like, we were talking earlier about sin in relationship. Like, might this be, you know, God has put this fear upon so that, like, sin can be either, like, missing the mark or um, it is a break in the relationship. So, like, maybe God has put this fear so that you would maintain this relationship with God. Right.
1: So like, yeah, like, let's look at what the commandments again are broken up into those two, two main sections, like relationship with God, relationship, relationship with, with people. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, the idea of sin would be like this
0: mm.
1: breaking a commandment is actually the breaking of this relationship,
0: relationship. Yeah.
1: Between you and God or you and people.
0: Yeah.
1: And, uh, and I think when we actually start to think through it, I think we just, there's so much cultural baggage with like sin. Yes. And it being like driven into people of like, oh, you're a sinner, you're a bad person. Yeah. And, and we have holdovers from that, from like Christian culture that perpetuated that. Mm-hmm. And so we have people who've never been in a church or never been that still have that view of like, this is, mm-hmm. um, religious people tell me, say that.
0: Well, people are bad so. people,
1: right? For not believing in Jesus or whatever, right? Yes. Like that's sort of the thing that I'm worried about with this kind, of, with the sin language. Mm-hmm. But I think when you start to have a conversation to say like, "This is actually about in relationship with others, relationship with God," that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it's actually in the commandments themselves, like well, the and way I the feel commands like are
0: framed. I also feel like there's then grace is like embedded in that in yeah, a way, yeah. and it like. I mean, we don't have Jesus yet in in this text, but there's, um, like, I just think about, like, and then all of the other commandments that are to come, and, like, then I think of Paul saying, like, if anybody can boast about being, like, a good Jew, I am the one, because I kept all of those. But, like, how exhausting and how alienating that really was, and how can you have actual real relationship as God intended it to be if you're focused on all of these stark things.
1: Yeah, I preached a sermon a little while back about this kind of looking at Romans um, about how the law is perfect. Right. But we we can't follow it perfectly. Right. And then there's a group of people that are not under that don't know the law like in, in Paul's time. Yeah. And so their problem is, is they don't they don't actually have the knowledge or the access to know how to actually structure our lives well to be in relationship with God and others. Hmm. And then you've got the other group of people who have the knowledge but actually can't live it out. And so his conclusion is kind of like, look, we're all just in the same boat. Like <laughs> and and we can now be made one in Christ. Like, so there's a That's third beautiful. way. Yeah. There's actually a third way, and it's Jesus.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I, I think what's here as well is that if we start to Pick apart that phrase a little bit, so we can sort of say, "Well, let's let's have a more robust understanding of sin, and then just good and bad, right and wrong." Right. So let's let's do that. Let's talk about relationship and what that means. Um, I think as well, the word "test" is in here. God has come to you, come only to test you. Like right away, we're like we're nervous about that. Like we're like I didn't study or like. (laughs) Is this right? Like, is this fair? Is this something God should do? Like, is this all just a test? Like, that's not right. Mm. But
0: feels like trickery.
1: But again, like, we then have to put this idea of testing in a in a context. So, like, if we go in, if we think about school and Mm -hmm. why tests are given, like, at best, the problem is we have a whole history of school and why tests are given is actually to get a mark and to. To, you know, oh, did you, are you an A student or are you, are you not? Are right. you a C student or a D student? And that's why we give tests to find out who's good and who's bad, right? So that's what we think is going on here. But actually, tests are not for that. No. Like, tests are actually for better learning. Yeah. Like, you're supposed to, like, okay, wouldn't I, like, if, think of this more like rehearsal. Like, mm. Wouldn't I rather have a test than, 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 it, than this being the real deal? Like, yep. um, I, I remember I, we had a neighbor one time who worked in um, air, the aerospace industry, like making, like building planes. And he used to say, um, he used to get really mad when his kids would, would get like under 90% on a test and they were happy. So they're like, hey, I got like 88 on my math test. This is so great. And his response would be, look, if we got 88% in the aerospace industry, planes crash. <laughs> so don't be so proud of yourself.
0: I mean, like, he's not wrong.
1: <laughs> no, but but he wasn't saying you're a bad person. And like, I mean, partly he was saying like, you should do better. Yes. But, but that's actually what the test is for, mm-hmm. right? The test is for learning. Right. So th- like... I don't know if there's some final thing or whatever, or the real, the real deal. But, Mm. but I kind of like the idea of Moses. It's like, Oh, no, no, don't be, don't be afraid of this. Mm -hmm. That God is just coming to, to help you learn. Like, this is just to, this is just to get you going. Like think of the manna story, right? Where God is like, they they cry out for food and God gives them manna Mm -hmm. and, um, and then gives them Sabbath instructions in the middle of giving the manna. Right. And it's sort of like, well, God probably could have just given them manna and just said, just collect this every day, guys. Um, and, and we'll get to the Ten Commandments in Exodus 20. <laughs> but instead, he's like, mm, let's just slide this in here. And this sort of prepares them. It's, it, he's, he's testing them. Like, he's giving them a test and seeing how they do. And then they get corrected. They're like, no, no, no. I told you not to collect I told you to collect double. Oh. You didn't. You didn't quite. Not all of you passed the test there. So let's try again and let's learn. Like that's what we do in school, right? You right. take a test and you go, "Oh, I got three wrong." And what do I learn from that? Okay, that'd be a neat way to think about testing in the Bible. I think.
0: I think not just not just Orleans. that, <laughs> yeah, but also like so helping you learn, but then um, like the being corrected. Not as like a harsh judgment, but a helping you along to do better next time. Like I think of like right. my kid is, right, right, right. you know, learning to walk, and so she'll fall down and whatever. Right. But she just gets back up, and she keeps like yeah. learning through that experience.
1: And and little kids have no problem there. It's adults have real problems with that.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah, totally. And so that's just I don't know. I find this to be very helpful in looking at a few different things. And I th- and like you said, looking at the Bible in like times of testing throughout Scripture.
1: Yeah, I think. I think still the fear piece is, is, is partly the hard piece, right? So don't be afraid of like this thunderstorm thing that's happening on the mountain. He's only come to test you, which you might be OK with, um, and to put the fear of him upon you so that you, <laughs> so that you stay in right relationship. Uh, I, what is that fear? Is it like, I'm scared that God's going to do something to me if I get this wrong? Right. I don't think that's what I it don't is. think that's
0: what's being suggested. Yeah. But that's an that's an easy read.
1: Yeah. For us. That's but I think it might be a read. little more like, I don't know, maybe it is really awe. It's almost like awareness of like, oh my goodness, the creator of the universe is actually in this. Like huh. there's something about my connection to like if we connect the two parts of the Ten Commandments. There's something about my connection to God who brought us out of the land of slavery that we have freedom now. There's something about my connection to God mm. that is that is in play when I am coveting my neighbor's car. Hmm. And if I can fear God in the midst of that, then maybe I learn something about my nature of coveting. Maybe I learn something. Like if I can sort of... And be aware of like, oh, my goodness, this is this actually has something to do with God. Like God cares about this.
0: Yeah. And I think also like we were saying, if if like coveting something our neighbor has and feeling like, oh, well, I'm going to latch onto that and work towards that because then I'll be enough because I will have succeeded in this. Right. If the root behind it is like this, I am not enough. And we link this back to the being created in God's image. And God says, actually, like, you are enough as you are because I created you to be in my image. Right. Which is love. Like, I think there's something really good and healthy in that.
1: Hmm. And and then we should just read the last verse and then we're going to stop. Yes. Can you read that?
0: Then the people stood at a distance while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was.
1: (laughs) So good. Why do you like that?
0: I don't think we, I don't, we don't really ever think about God as like a thick darkness.
1: I think that's why I like it too. Yeah.
0: yeah. I love that, that it's so, it's so contrasting to, yeah.
1: um, to what the gospel of John says about God being light. a hundred percent. But
0: then there's also like, Jesus, I don't I'm the light of the world. Well, and I think that yeah. we also, as humans, we can, we, we relate to darkness a lot easier than light sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. Um, and he, and it says Moses drew near to, and there's this drawing near that we, you know, reading through scripture a lot, like Jesus draws near to us or God draws near to God's people. There is like this, um, a closeness and something that is safe about the drawing near.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, but there's danger here. Like this is the thick darkness where the thunder and lightning and trumpets are coming from.
0: Yeah. The chaos. So I don't know, like, yeah. It's weird because it should it should in theory be unsettling but there's something comforting about it to me.
1: Right. I think also too like we're we know that we walk through like times. I what mm. it makes me think of is we walk through times that are feel like it's the dark time. Mm-hmm. And then that's where God was. Like mm. Moses intentionally drew near to that mm. or the chaos or whatever. Mm-hmm. There's also something to be said about like isn't it kind of a beautiful thing to be like, oh yeah, there's the, there's the, there's the night, there's the dark, there's the black, that's, and God is there. There also. Yeah. Like God mm-hmm. is in the light. God is in the dark.
0: Yeah. I, I, I find that very comforting. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay. Awesome. That's a great place to stop.
0: It is. All right, friends, we will see you next week. You take care.